home listeners, it's me, Dr. J, your friendly neighborhood internal medicine doc. Hey guys, Dr. Santosh here, pediatric infectious disease doc and sometime researcher. And we are offering an exciting promotion for all of you listening at home right now. Like, we're actually doing the social meds thing, kind of, sort of. We're old. This is exciting for us. If you like it when the two of us travel into your eardrums, then you'll love it even more when we infiltrate your eyeballs in a non-infective way. (laughs) We tried so hard to make this less creepy. (laughs) This is the best we came up with. For the first 500 of you hearing this message, maybe your lucky number 363, you can go to travelmedicinepodcast.com and uh, we made a thing. Dr. Josh made the thing. I edited the thing. And then together we put Produced the thing together. The thing. Yeah. And, yeah. And what That's is the, the thing? word? Producing. Yes. <laughs> and what is the thing? It's Around the World in 80 Plagues, a ebook form of one of our most popular running series. If you've ever wondered what sausages and facelifts have in common, this may also <laughs> be for you. If you're wondering right now, you might have to just go ahead and pause this and go click over to travelmedicinepodcast.com. And all we ask for really is your email. We will never spam you. We will never send you anything from an advertiser or anything on there. We just want to be able to communicate with y'all directly. And as our first mailing, we want to send you guys a copy of our free ebook. Once you've signed up for our mailing list, you'll get exclusive access to we haven't decided yet, but it will be awesome. (laughs) All we know is that it's going to be awesome. Absolutely. So at travelmedicinepodcast.com, once we have your email, you can tell us I will reach out to you, a real person, not a chatbot, and ask you, what do you like about our show? What else can we add on to make it even cooler? How many more plagues can we give you? So before all 500 digital copies are destroyed forever. (laughs) You do want one of these, by the way. It's not quite an NFT, but, you know, oh, yeah, it was one of the first downloaders. So go to TravelMedicinePodcast.com, get your copy of Around the World in 80 Plagues. We don't want to give too much about it away, but those of you who've been following us for a while will recognize all of the weird, gross, disgusting code words that we, you know, weaved in. If we're looking forward to hearing from you, we're looking forward to chatting with you. We're looking forward to being in your ears, eyes, and thoughts. Thank you all from the bottom of our hearts for listening. And, you know, thank you guys who take that extra step to go over to our website and sign up. We promise we will make it worth your while and bring you all of the medicine-y, travel-y goodness that you have grown to love. And let's get on with the show. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, guys and girls. The program you are about to hear will be both fun and educational, but it is not a substitute for medical advice. Although we are doctors, we are not your doctors. Hello and welcome to Travel Medicine. As always, I'm your friendly neighborhood internal medicine doc, Dr. J. Ayo, Dr. Santosh here, pediatric infectious disease doc and researcher. Hey, Santosh. Yeah? (laughs) What you doing? Not much. How about you, Josh? I was thinking we'd go to the beach and beach off. (laughs) Oh, you go ahead and beach yourself off. Bye. Come on, Santosh. Let's go podcast. <laughs> I uh, I love for those who don't understand the reference. Please, please, please go see the Barbie movie. Uh, and I understand this is you know advice from two dudes, but it is very, very important that everyone go out and see the Barbie movie. It is fantastic. I figured it would be fun to just do one of our bonus extra summer episodes dedicated to uh, medical representation in Barbie. I, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, I was excited when you put this together. I I was definitely excited to hear, well, there's one very medically explicit thing, you know, explicitly medical thing at the very, very end of Barbie movie, but I... I when you put this particular outline together, I was kind of excited to talk about it in the context of medicine and, you know, representation and how Barbie is kind of helped with it. And, you know, light spoilers sure. over the course of of this episode. So one of the major points made early on in the movie when Barbie tries to introduce herself to a girl she thought was playing with her mm-hmm. was that Barbie does not reflect real women. Now, before we get into any body dysmorphia or things like that, let's just scale up. And if you have a standard 11 and a half inch tall Barbie doll, given an adult height of say five feet, nine inches. Not unreasonable. She would then have a proportional waist circumference of about 18 inches. Now (laughs) let's put that in comparison. Serena Williams, professional athlete, has about a 28 inch waist. Singer Lady Gaga, about a 26-inch waist. So Barbie would have just enough space in her body for half a liver and a few inches of intestine. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely not enough. It's And uh, 
it is. It's I mean, she very... wouldn't even have the required amount of body fat to to menstruate. Let's look at some of the rest of her proportions. Contrary to what her her shining hair, her clear skin, her bright eyes may suggest, she's basically dying. Aside from the complete lack of intestinal things, which I guess is good in a world where you can't eat and there's no sanitation provided, she has a neck six inches longer than the average woman, which means she would be completely incapable of lifting her head. (laughs) Unless she, you know, she'd have to, she'd actually have to work out the muscles in her neck in order to have the strength, uh, just the normal strength to look around. And I, I have to look it up, Josh, but I believe there's a tribe that has a practice of actually stretching out the necks like that for women. Using yes, but they also use long rings around their necks to continue to support, to support that right, weight. Right, because if you take the rings out, then you know the, that's it. You, the, the person could die just from their neck flopping over. I guess Barbie would have to have the vertebrate strength of a giraffe. Uh, which mean <laughs> elevated blood pressure as well. Also not terribly healthy. Her legs... Pump the blood up to the brain. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Her legs, those nice long legs, 50% longer than her arms rather than a typical human's 20% longer. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think about that? How much longer your legs are than your arms? <laughs> it's There are within kind of normal proportions where we have the ability to move about the world in, in most contexts. and. A, uh, a typical measure that we use just super easy without any ru- ruler- rulers is your middle finger, usually, which is your longest finger on your hand, should be symmetrically long and it should reach when you're standing up about mid thigh. And that's usually the proportion that's, you know, fits most people. So if you're not sure, go ahead, check, give yourself the finger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, supporting all of that extra leg on six inch ankles and a size three foot, again, runs into weight distribution problems. And she'd have to crawl on all fours to support even her unattainable minuscule weight. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of room here for actual toned muscle that can help her move about. So the only way to realistically look like Barbie is not extensive plastic surgery, but having a condition like muscular dystrophy, which would then lead to progressive weakening of your muscles, wasting away, and you'd have to be carried almost everywhere. There is one person who has taken this idea to its completion. Uh, That's, I believe she's on TikTok, Amber Guzman, the living doll, who has kind of that doll-like face again, which you get from losing some of the fat pads as this muscular dystrophy continues to not eat away, but she continues to atrophy extensively in her muscles. So right. that's what a real life Barbie would look like. Yeah. And it's not okay. It's not healthy. Let's get into some of the, the things covered in the movie or the different Barbies they've released over the years, because you got to see a lot of discontinued Barbies in that film. Uh, one of my favorites yeah. Aside, of course, from Dr. Barbie and Alan was Sugar Daddy Ken, where they're like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, no, 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 this is sugar. I'm her daddy. And I'm, I'm like, her daddy. And he holds up a little dog. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And on the by, there are captions and stuff that pop up throughout the movie. But all of those weird discontinued Barbies 
were actually produced and sold by Mattel at some point. So they're not going through and imagining weird, strange iterations of Barbie. Every last one of them that you see on screen have been sold at some point to, well, little people. Yeah, little children. (laughs) So one of the first things that I learned from the Barbie movie, aside from the fact that the patriarchy isn't about horses, which was a little disappointing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little disappointing was part of the reason Barbie was such a groundbreaking doll is that she was the first woman. So uh, rather than a child doll for a girl to role play mother, uh, girls could see themselves as Barbie rather than taking care of her. And since then, of course, she's had over 200 careers and counting often before uh, real women had those counterpart careers. So let's take a look at the few medical Barbies that didn't quite make the cut for the movie, but do exist today. Take take us back, Josh. A little, a few of these I think are way back machine and there are others that are less way back machine. Well, they say that, okay, we did see a wheelchair Barbie in, in the movie during the big dance number. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. And the very first Barbie with any kind of disability was launched in 2019, so pretty recently, all things considered. And that was with the creation of the Barbie Fashionista line, but that wasn't the first disabled character in the Barbie universe. Really? Uh, In 1997, Becky, friend of Barbie school photographer, was released. Now, this one didn't make the cut, but she would have been relegated off to the side with Midge and Skipper and some of the others. Okay. (laughs) She would have been hanging out with weird Barbie if she had appeared. Uh, Okay. And a girl with cerebral palsy realized that Becky's wheelchair wouldn't fit in the Barbie dream house elevator. So she could never go visit her friend. Oh, oh wow. Okay. So, so she yeah. wrote to Mattel to ask if the dream house elevator could be modified to accommodate Becky's wheelchair. And Mattel tried several times to redesign and when they couldn't, they just discontinued the doll. Oh, oh, that's not the right solution. So then we get jump up to 2019 and the fashionistas and you finally get Barbie in an actual wheelchair herself. Now, it doesn't specify why Barbie is in the wheelchair. And there's a lot of reasons that somebody could. But let's jump and talk very briefly about what cerebral palsy is. Now, Santosh, this tends to be diagnosed much more often in pediatrics. So why don't you tell us what does cerebral palsy look like and do? Sure. So just like what you were talking about with many different causes of being in a wheelchair, cerebral palsy is a umbrella term. Uh, It's not a singular disease. It's more like a symptom. So when you say the word cerebral palsy, you're describing the condition of the person, but you're not necessarily saying why they got there. The main I guess, criteria for cerebral palsy diagnosis, as opposed to anything else, is that it is fairly static, meaning that it is not a progressive or degenerative disease where a person, you know, after this happens to them, that they get worse and worse and worse. Uh, But 100% of the time, there is a motor problem of some kind. So the most common ones that you see 
depicted is spastic cerebral palsy. This is where the muscles become very stiff and it's very difficult to move. Thus, you know, likewise, very difficult to walk and you, you require a wheelchair. But there are other ones such as dyskinesia where you actually can move okay, but you have uh, spontaneous and uncontrollable movements. A little bit like how you would see in maybe Huntington's, um, there is a taxic cerebral palsy, which is when you have an effect from the cerebellum, so that you're not spastic necessarily, you're not tight, but you have trouble with coordination, including balance. So, you know, the the I, I think most commonly when we talked about cerebral palsy, we found some sort of insult to the brain while baby was developing in mom or very early on after birth, if there's deprivation of oxygen, what we call as a hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy to baby because they were stuck in the birth canal or had a, a the, the, uh, the cord, the, the uh, nuchal cord uh, around the neck like that, the umbilical cord wrapped itself up so that you didn't get enough perfusion to the brain. And then you had an insult, a lot like a stroke. So resulting from that then is this static disease of cerebral palsy, which if you wanted to say just a big umbrella is a static motor disability having to do with some problem in the brain. And that's why it's actually a really good disease to describe in a doll-like world, because under that movement disorder umbrella, you, as you said, you're going to have either floppiness or stiffness of mm -hmm. the limbs and trunks, so that kind of doll-like movements of the arms where you can't really position on your own, unusual postures, difficulty walking with weak arms or legs, which we've already described would be a Barbie in real life. Yep. Mm -hmm. And most of the management, uh, there's no cure, but there are a lot of treatments to help address some of the stiffness and spasticity. Now, most children born with some form of cerebral palsy disorder can expect to live anywhere between 30 to 70 years on average. Um, I know that's a pretty big range, mm -hmm. but those with the longest life expectancies usually have more mobility or better access to medical care and adaptive equipment. Yeah. The, just because it's static untreated doesn't mean that you can't do something about it. And thankfully, we have made a lot of strides in physical therapy, exercise therapy, and the kind of expected quality of life for a lot of folks with cerebral palsy is getting better and better as long as they're able to get access to some of these services early. So we actually, Josh, I, I believe there are celebrities, comedians with cerebral palsy. And cerebral palsy is one of the most common disabilities you'll see, for instance, in the Paralympics. You know, you can still have an Olympic Barbie. And now uh, the Barbie Dreamhouse, or at least the fashionista wheelchair Barbie, comes with her own ramp. So she can make the Dreamhouse ADA compliant. Yay. That's Americans with Disabilities Act here in the U.S. But, you know, good thing that still no digestive systems in Barbie land. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> Which is there's... weird. She can get a bagel, but there's no water in the shower. There's no milk. 
yes. in the thing. And the, the bagel yeah. pops out of the toaster. And what do they do with them? It really bothered me. Well, <laughs> so like a significant portion of like, where does the food go? You have to do the Muppet mining, miming thing. You know, the mum, 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 like that bit. I guess. But then all <laughs> the crumbs are falling somewhere. And I, I didn't see a street sweeper and sanitation Barbie. So that, that's true. We do not. We'd love to see that, actually. Um, so let's move on to the next the next disability. And this one uh, is for both Barbie and Ken. And that's vitiligo Barbie. Now, oh yeah, this one's really interesting because for for the vitiligo doll in particular, Mattel worked with a dermatologist to ensure the condition was accurately represented. Now, vitiligo is a pretty common autoimmune disorder. It affects up to one percent of people worldwide, and in those who have it, cells that produce melanin or melanocytes, uh, which is that brown pigment that you get when you're kind of tan. Um, or if you're darker skinned, if those cells stop functioning or die due to an autoimmune response where the body attacks itself, you start seeing patches of paler skin appearing uh, very sporadically around your face. Probably one of the most famous people to be described with vitiligo, uh, at least from our generation, is Michael Jackson. Yes. And People who have seen later Michael Jackson when his skin was very, very fair or pale didn't see him go through the actual transitional portion um, where he was, you know, a darker skinned boy and a darker skinned young man. But, you know, poor guy, uh, amongst all of the other mental health issues he had was, um, I, I think, what I would describe as a a body dysmorphism. So he actually worked with a, I think, a dermatology plastic surgeon of some kind to kind of accelerate the vitiligo because you can't replace the, the pigment, unfortunately. But what you can actually do is get rid of the melanated cells faster so that there's no patches of brown skin next to white skin. So, you know, he, he was very, very fair or pale, you know, before he passed away uh, towards the end of his career. But yeah, in the middle there, occasionally in photographs and stuff, you can see uh, what it looks like when you see these patches of fair skin next to, um, in a, you know, curvy kind of fashion next to the, the brown skin. So let's talk about the three different forms of vitiligo. Uh, the most common is non-segmental, which can affect both sides of your body in any area, but tends to cluster most in the face, neck, hands, and genital areas. So as the Barbies don't have genitals, um, you're really only going to see those patches on the face, neck, and hands. And I believe that's where it appears on vitiligo Ken, as well as Barbie. Yeah. Now, segmental vitiligo tends to develop only on one side of your body. If you were to slice right down the middle, it'll be on the left or right. And again, on the face or hands primarily, with the patches appearing smaller in size. Yeah. Now, this is not a contagious disease. It's an autoimmune disease. So you can come into as much physical contact 
with people who have this as you like, and you're not going to catch anything, and it's not going to pose any risk to you. Um, but it's a really effective, again, way to represent a doll, because just like Weird Barbie, if you have a lot of hard playing with a doll, uh, especially a melanated doll, yeah. some, of the, <laughs> some of the dye and plastics may start to scrape off, and your long long-term toys may have vitiligo de facto. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a, a plastic form of vitiligo. Although, Josh, in, the, in that case, that type of sun and you know, damage, it's not representative of what actually happens on a cellular level. The I think the cool thing is, for me, uh, and, and this is, again, the fashionista's line, so uh, you, can, you can find Ken and Barbie with uh, vitiligo. You do see it more starkly in a person who is naturally uh, a little bit more dark skinned than a person, for instance, who does not have a lot of, you know, uh, melanin. Although it, it can certainly happen in, in people of all types of ethnicities and, and ancestries. Uh, I personally think in a lot of contexts, uh, especially the, the way that they show it there, the patterns that can form from vitiligo can actually be quite striking and beautiful. And this is one of the things that's kind of encouraged, you know, with the marketing of, you know, Hey, this is not something that needs to be cured. It's not a disease in that sense. Uh, it is actually just a, a quality of the person's skin and it can be, you know, in and of itself, it can be quite beautiful so I, I love that rather than being, you know, separate vitiligo Ken or vitiligo Barbie, it's actually part of the fashionista line. And if anyone wants to look, you know, Google or whichever search engine you want to use and put together vitiligo and model, you'll see some amazingly beautiful people with this condition. There is one other kind of vitiligo we didn't mention, and that's mucosal, which affects the mucous membranes in your mouth, nose, and again, genitals. Mm -hmm. uh, now, a 2016 study published in Autoimmunity Reviews found that hearing loss is actually a pretty common symptom among patients with vitiligo, and that's because the inner ear contains melanocytes. So when those cells are attacked, you can get hearing loss, which brings us to hearing loss Barbie. There is a Barbie who has a hearing aid built in. And oh. again, don't talk about whether or not she's completely deaf. She certainly doesn't have the hand flexibility to do American Sign Language or any other sign language. But to see a Barbie with a hearing aid is a nice uh, reason. And if we're following in-universe logic, perhaps she had mucosal vitiligo and it just affected the ear. Absolutely. And or, you know, if you've ever looked at the, the plastic ear, you don't really see a canal. So it's possible, Josh, that all Barbies are deaf. <laughs> it's, it's possible that every last one of them are hearing impaired, as they do not have external auditory canals. Luckily, body language in Barbie land is very easy to, yes. to read. Hi, <laughs> yes, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Um, <laughs> another one of the ones we didn't get to see uh, was Alopecia Barbie, released oh, yeah. in 2020. This is another autoimmune condition, uh, most famously referred to, I think, in the Oscars with the slap heard around the world. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, it was 
for for those who don't understand fully the context behind that, because I I think it was I think it's maybe important to actually discuss what was going on and not that the slap was a good thing, but why Miss Pinkett Smith was actually so uh, you know put off by the joke. So if a person decides, for instance, that they want to shave their head, okay, totally fine. Hey, you've made a style choice. Ha ha ha. What uh, uh, Chris Rock was talking about up there, he said, hey, G.I. Jane. And he was talking about the famous movie where Demi Moore, who is one of the very first, uh, you know, portraying one of the very first women uh, Navy SEAL applicants in order to, you know, get through the program. Actually, just I'm sick and tired of my long hair. She shaved her head, right? Well, Miss Pinkett Smith did shave a little bit, but a lot of it was because she suffered from another autoimmune disease, Josh, right? Where in this case, instead of the autoantibodies or, or, or the immune system attacking the pigmented cells, they attack the, the productive cells of the hair follicles, all right? And so Miss Pinkett Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith, didn't shave her head. She lost her hair and then worked with the dermatologist to kind of smooth everything out and everything so it wasn't patchy and this kind of a thing because the hair can fall out in patches. And essentially, honestly, to, to give all fairness everywhere, Chris Rock was making fun of a disability or a, a condition, a medical condition. and. In this case, it was a person with alopecia, and people got upset. So in alopecia areata, that's an autoimmune condition where the immune system attacks the hair follicles instead of the melanocytes. So this is what results in hair loss. Now, there's a couple other conditions that alopecia barbie may or may not have. Uh, one would be telogen effluvium, which is a temporary condition when there's a disruption in the hair growth cycle. That could be due to infections, it could be due to stress, but it leads to excessive shedding of hair. So if you have irrepressible thoughts of death, Barbie, she may suffer from a little bit of telogen effluvium <laughs> along the way. Sure, yeah. So basically you're stressed out and it, it actually does happen. You lose hair faster when you're stressed out. Uh, another much less likely one would be trichotillomania, which is a psychological disorder where individuals have irresistible urges, almost compulsions, to pull out their hair, which leads to hair loss. Now, the hair there will grow back, but it'll come in very patchy. And again, referring to weird Barbie's hair might be one example of somebody in a post or recovery from trichotillomania. Yeah, this one, it, it can result in long-term damage because there's only so many times where you can rip a hair out of a follicle before the follicle actually dies. But it's essentially the anxiety, depression, whatever it is, has translated itself to a habit or a behavior where the person actually feels relief when they rip the hair out. And it can be quite scary because it's not just the hair on their head. Sometimes they'll go for, you know, hairs over their eyebrows or other, even their eyelashes. So what they're actually doing is trying to relieve whatever is bothering them, the, the stress or anxiety, uh, by, you know, getting that sensation of pulling the hair out. And so 
that one, you don't treat the skin or the hair, although you can, but you actually treat the, the person's mental health. Now, the Barbie movie is about a three-hour-long commercial, and to <laughs> honor that, I believe it's time for us to take a brief commercial break. Yeah, this quick um, However, we are still running out of the last few. Uh, we're down to the very end of our copies of our digital ebook, Around the World in 80 Plagues. Sure. You still have a chance to get one if you act. All you have to do is go to travelmedicinepodcast.com and sign up for our mailing list. And you can even do it while the commercials are running. Should be just enough time. Yeah, please do. Uh, we worked really, really hard on it. I want to give the lion's share of credit to Dr. Josh for writing a beautiful treatise on one of our 80 plagues. And he did. He took us around the world for sure. And uh, yeah, it was it was a joy to put together and publish. It looks gorgeous, and it'll come right into your mailbox, so we don't have to worry about you know any uh, any corporate sponsorships or anything like that. We can just get information straight to you. You and will be among the smartest of your friends, and is there. <laughs> talking about, did you recognize such and such Barbie? You can say, well, did you know this about diseases? So you will get smarter, funnier, presumably even better looking than you already are. There yes. are very few things this can't do. So go sign up at travelmedicinepodcast.com and we'll be back with more disability Barbies in just a few moments. See you soon. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too connect with a credentialed therapist by phone video or online chat all from the comfort of your home visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10 percent on your first month that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And we're back. <laughs> Moving on to the next Barbie. This is one that if I had to start picking medical conditions I'd like to see represented, somebody beat me to the punch. And it is type 1 diabetes Barbie. Oh, okay. So a person who has... Childhood onset immune diabetes. Okay. Now, this one is available, I believe, online only. I don't think that they're going to be commonly seen on on shelves, but they also sell it in Glucomart, uh, and I'll include a link. It's toys for diabetic children. That doesn't mean that they can't play with regular toys, but it's toys that allow them to see themselves represented. So type 1 diabetes Barbie comes with a miniature insulin pump, which is adorable, a <laughs> glucose monitor, and other accessories that mimic the devices used by individuals with this disease. 
So for those of y'all who heard the word insulin pump and uh, thought of, uh, like I do, like a giant uh, bicycle pump, <laughs> it just goes, <laughs> it's not that at all. <laughs> it's absolutely not. It, it kind of looks cool. I'm going to date myself just a little bit here, all of you wonderful listeners. But for those of you who owned a cassette Walkman, you might have seen on a device that looks a lot like an insulin pump. But yeah, you, you know, a, a, a rectangle about, you know, maybe uh, two by four, two by, you know, uh, three by six uh, centimeters on each side kind of a thing. Uh, and it, it contains a cartridge of insulin. And then you actually, you know, uh, put a little tube, a very thin tube, and then it goes into your subcutaneous fat, usually around your belly, and you clip the pump to your uh, belt buckle, just or, or your belt, just like you would a, uh, you know, a, a cassette player, uh, a Walkman, and then you hit play, and it delivers a basal level of insulin. And nowadays, the cool stuff is it can check your glucose and then deliver the bolus of insulin when you need to and communicate with your phone via Bluetooth. It's, it's really fantastic. Now I understand why that one didn't make it into the movie because if none of your dolls are eating, yes. they're unlikely yeah. <laughs> to develop uh, yes. blood sugar regulation issues. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now the next one is from the Barbie line, um, but not strictly a Barbie. So I guess would have been, stuffed in the treehouse with Midge and Skipper. Sure. And that is scoliosis Barbie. Oh, yes. So, and that child or uh, child. Oh, it's, it's, I'm sorry, scoliosis Chelsea. Chelsea, because uh, that was, so, yeah, because it was a little one, right? Yeah. Um, so in February, Mattel launched, in February of this year, yeah. uh, 2023, Mattel launched Chelsea, who as a doll that actually has a curvature of the spine, a sure. detectable one, and a removable back brace. Yeah, and that kind of goes a little bit with wheelchair Barbie because there are some forms of scoliosis that are bad enough where you end up in a wheelchair because you can't hold yourself up. But yes, this extreme curvature of the spine, again, Josh, can happen for various reasons, lots of different types of reasons. But the most common cause is where the spine, uh, it, if you talk about it bending like side to side in an S-shaped curve, um, we we all have some degree of scoliosis actually it's that's natural but if it goes to a degree to where you have disability meaning that you have trouble holding yourself up or moving about uh, or you get pain then this is a problem and uh we have external treatments like braces and things like that and for those who are extreme we also have uh, surgery now, Barbie worked pretty closely, well, not Barbie, but Mattel, worked pretty closely <laughs> sure. with a board-certified neurosurgeon and specialist in children's spinal disorders, Dr. Luke Massazin, to okay. ensure that it was as accurate as possible. So this is not a Barbie that I think, uh, or a Chelsea, that children should be attempting neurosurgery on themselves to straighten the back out. Yeah. <laughs> will end up breaking it. Um, yeah. But, which, hey, you know what, if you want to be neurosurgeon Barbie and you break it, you're more like orthosurgeon Barbie, but yes. <laughs> yeah. But again, you're seeing a wide range of, of disabilities being addressed, which we see in a lot of kids. Um, so I think this is great for representation and it's nice to see 
you know, medical conditions accurately represented. That's how many doctors have we already mentioned that they've consulted with to get these toys represented accurately, which is fantastic. It's really wonderful, not just in terms of taking the trouble to work on this and and consider it and everything else. But like you said, Josh, a lot of the time to go to someone that could tell you about either the experience or the condition and say, all right, we've designed the doll this way. What needs to change? What needs to get better? How do we properly do this? Not just put this out for the sake of saying that we did it, but doing it correctly. Which brings us to the most recent addition to the Fashionistas line, and that's uh, released in end of April of 2023, and that is a Down Syndrome Barbie. Okay. Oh, so Trisomy 21 or or something like that. Yeah. Now, it actually has a unique body sculpture compared to other Barbie dolls intended to be reflective of women with Down syndrome, including a shorter frame and a longer torso. This is a Barbie who might actually be able to keep her neck on her shoulders. Yeah. (laughs) If they, you're right, if they kept the rest of the Barbie, uh, you know, this, the, the rest of the Barbie line with the same molds that they've been using for a long time, which is actually unreasonable, unless they really exaggerated the neck for, uh, for Down syndrome, (laughs) <laughs> then it's possible that this actually may just be a normal neck instead of a, the type of wider neck that you see with Down syndrome. So the body of the doll has a shorter frame and a longer torso. The face is rounder, has smaller ears, a flat nasal bridge, and slightly upward slanted eyes, all of which are illustrative of people who have Downs, and they worked very closely with the National Down Syndrome Society to ensure the doll was accurately represented. Uh, The doll also comes with a pink pendant necklace featuring three inverted arrows that symbolize the chromosomes that cause the condition. Yeah, so we have, you know, a pair of every chromosome, you know, one through 23, and then we've got XY, right, or XX or, you know, any actually combination of sex chromosomes. There's quite a wide spectrum. But the chromosome number 21, if you have the very classic form of Down syndrome, which is actually not always the most common, but if you have a triplicate of that chromosome 21, you have some form of the constellation of findings that constitutes what we call Down syndrome. Those are all the currently released disability Barbies. But Santosh, if if you could consult with Mattel and release another medical condition Barbie, yeah. what's one you would like to see? Oh, wow. There's, there's a few of them. So a lot of things that I deal with actually don't have any kind of, uh, they don't have any external, you know, uh, representation at all. There are some really simple things which would be cool to see, and especially if people get, uh, you know, skin conditions, if they if they get self-conscious about it. So as a, for instance, eczema, 
would be kind of a neat thing to see if the if the doll had a you know a little bit like alopecia areata if they changed the skin but they showed eczema on there because not only is it a skin condition but it can be quite embarrassing for folks likewise psoriasis is a little bit like that and the other one which is becoming more and more common unfortunately due to climate change and pollution is asthma so it would be very interesting just to see asthma, Barbie, and I don't know that you'd need to change much. You just actually need to package them with a uh, a little inhaler and spacer to say that like, hey, Barbie can still do everything as long as she takes, or if if it's Ken, you know, he takes uh, his uh, inhaler along and, and takes care of himself when he gets short of breath and and does the daily controller medications. So those would be a couple of cool ones that I could think of right off the top of my head in terms of conditions I see a lot of the time with with kids, especially ones that they can get shy about. And subsequently, especially for asthma, if they, uh, you know, they stop taking their medication because they're, you know, they're embarrassed uh, to, you know, to bring that uh, the, their equipment along with them. Uh, that kind now, of thing. I've got three I would like to see, although they're more for an adult collector and unlikely to ever be made. Well, okay. one. All right. <laughs> uh, one. Sure. Yeah. Liver failure, Barbie. Oh, oh, sure. Because sure. You, could have, you could have a buildup of ascites fluid. You could even have uh, a thing where you can open Barbie's stomach and transplant her liver. You could have changes in color of the skin that make it more yellowish from the buildup of bilirubin. Uh Um, There's a lot of physical changes you see with advanced liver disease that I think would be very easy to represent. Of course, there are very few children with liver failure and very often liver failure tends to occur in people who have a long history of alcohol uh, consumption. Now, that's not the only cause of liver failure. You also have things like hepatitis C, but a lot of the things that will lead to liver failure are not ones that you may want to put into a child's doll. Yes. That said, yeah. the physical findings would be fantastic, especially for all those future children growing up who want to be physicians uh, and not just role model Dr. Barbie, but take her place. Yeah. So that's one. Now, one that would be a little bit easier to do and less controversial, maybe heart failure, Barbie. Oh yes, absolutely. So, and, and you're right because this is something that's of course seen much more commonly in older adults. Now, all you'd have to do with that is just make them make parts of the body a little bit less stiff so you could detect the edema. So you make the legs a little bit squishy, maybe even make the neck a little bit squishy so you can look for that jugular venous distension, the JVD. Sure. Uh-huh. And yeah. they've already made plenty of dolls that can urinate, and you can give them a little a little Lasix, a little water pill to help Barbie get all that extra CHF fluid off. Oh, uh, yeah, sure, sure. It could even come with a little murmur. You listen to Barbie's chest and it just has a pre-recorded murmur in the heart that you may see with a stiff heart valve or a, or a leaky heart valve. Uh, You're also thinking, as I do, of how wonderful it would be for lots of young people to be able to see, hey, you know, that doll has my condition and I'm playing with them. I'm 
you know, I'm enjoying, uh, you know, actually, you know, hanging around and playing and, and they're doing the things that I would do with my condition. That is actually a terribly empowering thing. And there's a saying that is often said when we're talking about education and, and giving people opportunity is if you see it, you can become it. Meaning that if you see the person, you know, on a TV screen, on a movie screen, in a doll, whatever it is, then the imagination of the child really gets going, say to themselves, oh my God, I can become that. So as a, for instance, uh, you know, if you people who have seen uh, a woman engineer, you know, in hidden figures for something, you know, in the, in the movie that talked about the, the women who, uh, calculated all of this the the math for apollo i said oh my gosh i can become that i can become that type of engineer or mathematician so likewise you're right it would be kind of cool to say hey heart failure barbie is still you know living in the dream house and moving around and that kind of a thing because they're taking their meds and taking good care of themselves so and why not me heart failure due to infections you can have heart failure due to uh birth defects. You can have acquired heart failure from putting additional strain on the heart. There's so many things that could lead to it. That it yeah. could be you know, like a wheelchair Barbie where you get to put your own spin on why Barbie has the heart failure. Sure, sure. The last one is more for repurposing some older Barbie dolls rather than discontinue if certain arms and legs get a little bit stiff. Uh, mm -hmm. You can have Parkinson's Barbie where moves a little bit slower, a little bit stiffer, has those masked faces, so can't really change expression. Maybe you don't remember how you were playing with it. That's okay. They can get a little forgetful. So it's a nice repurposing of really any Barbie. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's... It, it, it's wonderful. And I almost feel like a lot of these things that maybe don't have a lot of physical findings, right? So for instance, epilepsy Barbie that you could even just provide the little, you know, kit uh, alongside the uh, the person. So if they had the little, you know, little uh, ampule of diazepam in order to stop a, a status epilepticus, and then, you know, they had their meds, they say, hey, you know, your Barbie has epilepsy too. And I, I, more often than not, just the number of times I've seen kids who've come in, uh, you know, with seizures because they refuse to take their meds because they don't want to be different and they don't want to be considered as, as bad because they have to take medications in order for them to live a normal life with this condition. But, you know, I, I think something as simple as that would really help them. Now, let's talk about that last scene in the Barbie movie. So, you know, again, oh, yes. spoilers. Spoilers, yeah, for the very, very ending. Um, it, it doesn't spoil the rest of the movie, but it is a cute ending. So Barbie gets to become human, and the very first thing she does as a real honest-to-goodness human woman is go to the gynecologist. Yeah, <laughs> and Josh, wasn't she so, so excited? I mean, for a woman who woke up that morning with no genitals, yes. wouldn't she be? Oh, yeah. <laughs> She was so happy and proud. It was the loveliest thing to see. Let's briefly discuss uh, just some basic women's health because who better qualified than two men, right? Yeah, there, yeah exactly. Um, 
teens in general should start making their first reproductive health visits between the ages of 13 and 15 years old. And that's according to the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. Yeah. This is just a general preventative health visit where you start to establish a relationship of trust. You're in a one-on-one confidential setting. Um, If you're worried about like some of the things that they recommend, uh, pap tests usually don't start until age 21 or when you become sexually active. And then it's done every three years until age 29. After that, from age 30, you start getting cervical cancer screenings which can be done every five years. And of course, when should they get their HPV vaccine, Santosh? We start the HPV vaccine series prior to when a person, men or women, by the way, anywhere in between, before they would be expected to have any sexual activity. So what you want to do is protect the person from human papillomavirus, which is the virus that actually starts the cascade of cervical cancer. So it's actually an oncogenic virus. So we start administering it around age 10 or 11. And the series is completed by about age 14 to 16, something like that, depending on what country you're in. And then the person is protected from either transmitting the virus to uh, a person with the cervix, a woman, um, or if uh, it, it is a person you know who has a cervix, then they're prevented from actually getting cervical cancer. So everybody who wants to really have the Barbie experience, um, go visit your gynecologist and urologist. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I actually wish that more men would go in and you know talk about sexual health. I think it's really, really important for uh, any and all genders to actually go in and and make sure that it's one of the things that you assess. But yes, in this day and age that we live in, especially in the developed world, it's a more of a regular thing for a woman to go in and visit her gynecologist to make sure everything's okay. So that's it for this week. I suppose it's time for Santosh and I to return to our respective Mojo Dojo Casa houses. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I kind of live in a dream house, though. <laughs> With no kitchen? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's it for this week. As always, we love to hear your comments, questions, and feedback. You can contact us directly if you go to travelmedicinepodcast.com, sign up for the mailing list. You'll even get a free ebook out of it that will make you among the smartest and most entertaining people in the room. If you would like to support us spiritually, emotionally, or financially, links to do that are in the show notes, along with links for further reading. This show is produced by me with a lot of help from Dr. Santosh and friends. We did not receive any support from Mattel. (laughs) We did not. Our theme music is composed by Rachel Leisure. And until next time, keep a song in your heart, soap on your hands, a shot in your arm, spin a globe, and pick a place to go to visit where you want to decide what kind of Barbie you want to be. And once you've done all those things, happy travels. Bye, all.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.